As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. These acts of worship include readings, prayers and sermons that have been newly recorded, together with congregational hymns and choir items drawn from our extensive archive of recorded music. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you.
with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this Remembrance Sunday when we pause to remember and to honour the memory of those who have died in war. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We remember before you with gratitude, O Lord our God, those who gave their lives for the cause of freedom. We pray that their devotion may bear fruit in us for whom they died, in more abundant concern for others and in our commitment to peace and justice through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them.
Out of the darkness of our divided world, we cry to you, O Lord. Let not the hope of men perish, nor their sacrifice be in vain. Turn to yourself the hearts of rulers and peoples, that a new world may arise where all may live as your children in the bond of peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We sit or kneel for our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess to God the sins and shortcomings of the world, its pride, its selfishness, its greed, its evil divisions and hatreds. Let us confess our share in what is wrong and our failure to see and establish the peace that God wills for his children. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen.
almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of all, govern the hearts of those in authority and bring the families of the nations, divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin, to be subject to his just and gentle rule, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The epistle is taken from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, beginning at the 13th verse. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the many reasons why I love having vergers on our staff team here is that vergers take great delight in exploring the dark and forgotten corners of church buildings and unearthing marvellous hidden treasures, such as an extraordinary book that came to light here recently. Let me describe it for you. It is a very substantial and beautifully bound volume that says on its cover, in embossed gold lettering, the following. Book of Honour, 1914 to 18, 1939 to 1945, London Press Club. And each one of its pages is handwritten in exquisite calligraphy. The book begins with the names of 20 individuals who were the members of the press club, together with two of its staff members, who were killed during the First World War. The remainder of the book is dedicated to a much longer list of journalists who perished during World War II. The list is longer because it includes not only the names and details of those who were actually members of the press club, but also information relating to all the journalists whom the press club had managed to trace who lost their lives during that war. And it lists not only British journalists, but also those who, using the parlance of the day, are described as members of the Dominion and Colonial Press. The names of a total of 439 journalists who died between 1939 and 1945 are recorded in this book. 100 from London, 133 from the English counties, 
four from Wales, 44 from Scotland, 60 from Australia, 32 from New Zealand, 27 from Canada, 7 from South Africa, Rhodesia and East Africa, and 9 from what are described as the colonies. Within each geographical section, the names of the men who were killed are listed against the newspapers, journals and agencies for whom they had worked, and generally their specific post or role within the newspaper is also recorded. And the story that this extraordinary volume tells is fascinating and chastening in equal measure. Some of those whose names are listed were working as war correspondents when they lost their lives. On the 15th of December 1941, Alexander Anderson, a naval correspondent with Reuters, was drowned at the sinking of HMS Galatea in the Mediterranean. The Daily Mirror's war correspondent Ian Fife was killed during the D-Day landings in 1944. On the 30th of April 1945, Ernest West, a war correspondent with the Exchange Telegraph, was shot dead by a Japanese sniper outside Rangoon. Then there are those who were killed while on active service. Their military role is recorded alongside their job in journalism. Charles Shepard, formerly a sub-editor at the Evening Standard, was an ordinary seaman who lost his life at the sinking of HMS Hood on the 24th of May, 1941. Donald Beatty, who had been a junior reporter for the Brighton and Hove Herald, was serving as a gunner in the Sussex Yeomanry Royal Artillery when he died at Dunkirk in May 1940. P.T. Everett, of the Durban Daily News, a signaller in the South Africa Corps of Signals, was killed at the Second Battle of El Alamein on the 23rd of October, 1942. P.S. East of the Sydney Morning Herald, serving with the AIF, the Australian Imperial Force, was also killed there the same month. Richard Cave, a reporter on the Clacton News died in a Japanese prison camp on the 25th of April, 1945. The fate of some of the journalists whose details are listed remains unknown. Roy O'Donnell of the News of the World, a sergeant pilot in the RAF Volunteer Reserve, was declared missing, presumed dead, following action off the coast of Malta in March 1941. On the 9th of December the same year, Richard MacLeod of the Hull Daily Mail, a sergeant pilot with the RAF, was reported missing on operations in the Middle East. Victor Ricketts, who had been a reporter with the Daily Express and who was awarded the DFC, the Distinguished Flying Cross, was a squadron leader in the RAF, presumed killed over Berlin in 1942. 
There are also those who died during bombing raids in this country. William Armitage, a reporter on the Palmer's Green and Southgate Gazette, who was serving as a second lieutenant in the Royal Fusiliers, died on the 15th of March 1941 in an air raid here in London. Two months later, a deputy chief sub-editor of the Evening News, Vivian Tidmarsh, described as a volunteer warden, perished on the 10th of May 1941 in Dolphin Square during the Blitz. And these are but examples. There are many, many more of them. For me, it was a particular shock to see how many of the deaths recorded in this volume were completely accidental. In 1943, George Henry Davis, chief sub-editor of the Morning Advertiser and a lieutenant in the 20th Surrey Battalion of the Home Guard, is said to have died in a grenade accident in Surrey. Stanley Kessel, a photographer for the Times, who was serving as an official photographer in the photographic unit, was, we are told, killed in a bridge explosion in Yorkshire. Another Times journalist, John Sellers, died on the 20th of November 1941 in a flying accident in Maidenhead. There are a shocking number of such incidents of accidental death. These are, of course, merely the names of those who happened to work within a single profession that is of particular significance to us here at St Bride's, the Journalists' Church. Try imagining similar lists of those killed in war who were drawn from every other civilian occupation. The plumbers, the electricians, the bank clerks, the administrators, the shop assistants, the car mechanics. One cannot begin to imagine the true scale of such loss, even within a single war. And for me, paradoxically, it is these glimpses of these ordinary guys, many of whom were living fairly unexceptional lives before they were caught up in such extraordinary circumstances that really brings home the full horror and the full cost of war. Because somehow it is their very ordinariness that makes them so very precious. A poem written in 1942 by the poet and artist Ruthven Todd, who was living in London at the time, a poem called These Are Facts, warns us away from looking at the medals and the glory when contemplating war, to take full account instead of its ravages. Rather than focusing on the marvellous dome of St Paul's Cathedral that survived the Blitz, what about the destruction of that neat but shabby home that had been loved and cultivated for 40 years 
a home that is destroyed in a bombing raid, leaving death in its wake. What about the dead body of a man, reduced to little more than a sorry, stained and crumpled rag that had once been a life made up of little things that mattered? Here is an extract from his poem. These are facts. Observe them how you will. Forget for a moment the medals and the glory, the clean shape of the bomb designed to kill, and the proud headlines of the paper's story. Remember the walls of brick that 40 years had nursed to make a neat, though shabby, home. The impertinence of death, ignoring tears, that smashed the house and left untouched the dome. Bodies in death are not magnificent or stately. Bones are not elegant that blast has shattered. This sorry, stained and crumpled rag was lately a man whose life was made of little things that mattered. People are more than places, more than pride. A million photographs record the works of Wren. A city remains a city on credit from the tide that flows among its rocks, a sea of men. This sorry, stained and crumpled rag was lately a man whose life was made of little things that mattered. There is very little about war that is not terrible and brutalising and destructive and wasteful. And the most significant measure of that, it seems to me, is to be found not in statistics, but in the cost of each individual human life. Every single one of the names that I have mentioned during the course of this address, every one of the 439 journalists listed in this book of honour who died in the Second World War, Every name on every war memorial throughout the globe is an individual human tragedy, leaving behind it a trail of trauma and bereavement and loss, a family without a breadwinner, a mother without a son, a child without a father, a wife without a husband. And that is before you even begin to approach the wider circles of economic and social devastation that have consequences for everybody. It is precisely those lives made up of little things that mattered that matter most of all. So, did they lose their lives in vain? 
I can't help thinking that the true answer to that question must surely lie, in part at least, with us here today. Are we ready to acknowledge and to value the gift of peace and freedom that we so easily take for granted, a gift that was purchased through the struggle that cost them so dear? Are we prepared to commit ourselves now to strive actively to build a more just and righteous society and a more just and righteous world so that others can share that same gift of peace and freedom in the future? Are we prepared to honour their memory by declaring through the way we live out our own lives that their sacrifice will not be forgotten and will not have been in vain. As followers of the risen Christ, we are called to embrace a life of love, as our Gospel reading reminds us, because it is there that hope truly lies. And the true cost of a love that is life-giving will always have crucifixion at its heart. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you have promised to hear the prayers of those who ask in faith. Hear our prayers for your church, for your bishops, priests and deacons, for all who lead in learning and understanding, in prayer and praise, in care and compassion, for all who use their gifts in words and music, who use their hands, their eyes and ears, and above all their hearts in your service. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. Hear our prayers for the leaders of nations. Pour on them your spirit of reconciliation. Break down the barriers of conflict and build bridges of peace spanning differences of culture, of wealth and history. Give strength and courage to those who bear the heavy responsibilities for the peace of the world. Hear our prayers for all who suffer from acts of war and terrorism. Particularly at this time, we pray for the people of France and Austria and for the continuing conflicts in Afghanistan, Yemen and Libya. Hear our prayers for the people of America, for faith in their leadership and integrity in the actions of all parties, for unification as a nation and love for their neighbours. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. Hear our prayers as we remember all who have died, both soldiers and civilians, in the protection of democracy and freedom, in the two world wars and in the fighting since, we remember the young men and women who have given their lives for ours, so many whose names we do not know, but who were sons and daughters. Lives loved, memories cherished, futures cut short. Comfort all who mourn them, and give us all strength and understanding to cherish those memories and to honour those lives in the conduct of our own. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. Hear our prayers as we enter a new period of national lockdown to control the spread of COVID-19. For all who have and continue to suffer from the virus. For all who are separated from loved ones as a result. For all who suffer from the anxiety of life during this pandemic. For all whose lives have been changed forever. By sickness or loss. By hardship and lost business. By disrupted education. By relationships stretched. Heal our wounds, strengthen us in our weakness, and open our eyes to all that is good in our communities, in our healthcare, and in all our support networks. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Hear our prayer as we remember all those dear to us whom we see no more. 
for all who are bereaved, that they might find comfort knowing that through the life and death of your Son, all might rest in peace eternal. For all who in their darkness of despair, your light shines and leads to the glory of a new day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake, for the sake of thy of Son, Son, our, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? To crown all things there must be love, to bind all together and complete the whole. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, 
so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. O God of peace, whose Son, Jesus Christ, proclaimed the kingdom and restored the broken to wholeness of life, look with compassion upon the anguish of the world and, by your healing power, make whole both people and nations through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the Church, the Queen, the Commonwealth, and all mankind, peace and concord, and to us and all his servants, life everlasting, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.